Welcome back to the Church Reconstructed Podcast. For the last couple of episodes, we've talked about uh, culture, specifically in a church and how our church um, needs to engage our culture and how um, church methods and ministries from decades ago are really no longer effective today. Uh, so, th- And today we're going to sort of shift the conversation toward uh, just the mentality of church and uh, our approach to ministry, just sort of an overarching theme. Um, we'll start off with a passage of scripture most people would be familiar with, at least in some some context to some extent, is Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, which we commonly call the Great Commission. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So, you know, before Jesus left, he gave us these words as, you know, our to do list, if you will, our, our mission, our marching orders. You know our goal, whatever we want to call it, and you know we commonly refer to them as the great the Great Commission, and we we paste them on T-shirts and bumper stickers, and we talk about them in our church. We put them up on the screen, but the reality is we really don't treat it like a Great Commission. We treat it more like a Great Suggestion, and we get off in the weeds and we get sidetracked and uh, focused on everything but the Great Commission, everything but the kingdom of God, everything but the eternal things, and we get bogged down with the temporary stuff. Yeah, I think just thinking back on like my personal history in the church and even now helping out in churches, whether working in the church or just volunteering in the church, there's a lot of stuff that isn't eternal. There's a lot of stuff that takes up so much time that at the end of the day, I don't think it's really going to matter. Um, I can just think of hours spent, you know, doing things that don't involve people, doing things that don't involve, as you said, the Great Commission. Um, and I think one of the biggest problems in church culture is when you approach church with a corporate thought process and you treat church like a company and you treat the people in your church like employees or you treat the people that are just coming to your church as clients that you have to please and then it becomes more of a competition between churches or it becomes more of people pleasing or whatever but the idea of the church being treated like a company won't work because it becomes they need to be here. They need to attend this church. God will draw them in, and that being the only goal is to get more clients in your company. All right. Well, it goes back to being focused on the wrong kingdom. I think yes. a lot of a lot of church leaders are instead of focused on the kingdom of the Lord, they're focused on building their kingdom and and making their name great. I think that's a lot of problems. A lot of the problems sometimes. Yep. This may be a little uh, side tangent on here, but I actually had a talk with a pastor at a coffee shop this week that as soon as we started talking, we both kind of came to terms with like both of our churches were like striving to do the exact same thing. And that kind of like turned into like us talking over each other, which if someone was just seeing this or hearing this, it might have looked like we were arguing because like we both got really, really excited and we were like, talking over each other and one point he kind of stopped me and he was like do you realize what's happening here and i was like what he was like 
this is biblically what the church is supposed to be. He was like, we're talking about how we can partner as a church, how we can partner as two different churches and still help each other grow without being scared of, well, what if my people start going to your church or what if your people start going to my church? He was like, who cares? Who cares about any of that? And it was just a really encouraging talk, and that that kind of made me think of this whole topic of like, if you treat church as like a corporate mindset or a corporate entity, they're scared to work together. They're scared right. to view each other as partners in kingdom work. It's like, no, I have to do my kingdom work separately from your kingdom work because my kingdom work is going to be so much better than yours, and it's going to be a competition. Yeah. And that is not at all what it was intended to be. Yeah. What what comes to my mind when you say that? We had we probably been in our building about a year, I guess. So we were what five years in as a church, maybe. Uh, one morning, I walk into the building on, on Sunday morning for worship, and this lady comes to me, and she just she doesn't say anything. She just holds her phone up with Facebook, and it was basically a post from a group who was playing a church just a couple miles up the road. And I remember, you know, and it, this is all the Holy Spirit, it's complete Holy Spirit answer, and. As soon as she showed me that picture, I just said, there's enough lost people to go around. Yeah. Like, I'm not worried that there's a new church three miles up the road because yeah. it's not a competition. It's truly about the kingdom. And there's enough people who don't know him to fill both the buildings up and then some. <laughs> if anything, we should be happy when we see that. And the only thing about that that should make us sad or discouraged in any way is if it is a church that's not speaking truth, if it's a church that's right. not actually doing kingdom work. But, man, if we had streets just full of churches actually doing kingdom work, that would not be anything to complain about. That would be incredible. Right. So going back to our Great Commission, I often say when I you know, teach or talk about this passage, you know, the only actual command in that whole verse is make disciples in the original language. Yep. And uh, I think but we have a huge problem, and that is that the majority of our churches aren't making disciples. And, you know, the truth be, be told, and again, not throwing stones at anyone or calling anyone out, but the majority of churches that I'm familiar with and know details about aren't really making disciples at all. They're just going through the motions of religion. They're just going through a religious routine, and they do that. Some of them do it one, one day a week. Some of them do it three days a week, but uh, they're just going through the, through the motions. It becomes a—I just think back to growing up in church again. It's just— the goal was just to get to church. It didn't matter what else was happening. Right. The goal was just to get to church and not even for the sake of of growth spiritually or to be honest, growing up, it was more get to church so the other people in the church don't talk about you not being there. And thinking back on that, that's a very heart heartbreaking truth of I can't recall many of the actual preachings or teachings that I heard during that time or any big encounters with God or anything that was outreach. I mean, we would have a couple outreach things every year, maybe. Um, but the idea was just to get to church. Right. I guess um, in a lot of churches I've been a part of, again, going back to what you were saying earlier about the business model approach and, and mentality, it becomes all about numbers. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I guess in part that's because, you know, if you're making disciples, that's the only real way you can measure making disciples, you know, as far as a, a metric or something you can actually you know, measure is, is, you know, new people and church attendance and all those things. And I get that. 
but if you if you look at the numbers of the church as a whole in America, it becomes pretty obvious pretty quick that we're in trouble. Uh, I ran across uh, Barna Research, who does a lot of church uh, research, church statistics. They do a, uh, a dec- every decade they do a study called the State of the Church, and they last did it in 2020, and it was actually in the midst of COVID. Um, but I mean, so I just wanted to share some of the numbers that come out of that that would just uh, sort of tell us, give a good picture of where we are. Again, I'm not I'm not sharing this for doom and gloom, and you know, saying that the church is done or you know. God's done with the church or nothing like that. I just think we need to understand where we are and to sort of set the stage so we can discuss some some other things and some solutions to this. Yeah. Um, the first one was uh, 50% of Americans belong to a church, which at, on its face value, that sounds great, that half of America belongs to a church. But what you got to realize and, and see when you put it into context is that that number's dropped 20% since 1999. In 1999, it was around 70% of Americans who belonged to a church. So you got a 20% decline from 99 to, to 2020. Uh, the next stat was 42% of millennials attend church. Uh, millennials were actually the lowest, as far as generational, the lowest group that attends church. Uh, and, but all generations, from, from baby boomers all the way down to millennials, uh, they all have declined in the past 10 years, past decade. If you thumb you know, Gen Z into the mix, it probably would was, was skew even lower. The next stat, 84% of churches are either plateaued or declining. So if you really look at that, what, this, what it's saying is 84% of churches are not growing. I mean, that's, that's the flip side of it. Yeah. Uh, and then the last stat was 25% of Americans are practicing Christians. Again, on its face, face, face value is encouraging, but you got to define practicing Christian. So for this study, for Barney, it was actually um, defined as someone to whom faith is important who attends uh, religious services once a month, which for most uh, true dedicated Christians, that would not be considered a practicing Christian. Yeah, for sure. That makes me think on the 42% um, why they may have stopped attending church even though their parents probably went to church and the only thing that i can think of is and i'm sure we're gonna do whole episodes on this topic alone but just the idea of people practicing what they preach i think we have a lot of younger age people and by younger age i mean 40s and under now that grew up going to church under their parents hearing one thing and then seeing everybody in the church completely doing something else right. and hearing talk about love, love, love is the answer. God is love. And then, no, we don't give anything to that homeless person on the street because they're an alcoholic bum or yeah, God's love is equal. Everyone's created equal. No, we don't believe in interracial couples because um, we secretly believe that we're better than other people based on the color of our skin. And I personally have known so many people that have quit going to church just for that. Like, I would ask them, why don't you go to church anymore? And they're like, I didn't see anything that I heard talked about. And they would go to these other places, as we talked about in one of our previous episodes, how people are drawn to the occult for actual spiritual experiences. People are drawn to 
other places for actual community that is supposed to be offered at the church. People are drawn to go out drinking at different places because if you go to these different bars and places, you meet some really good people. You meet some people that are definitely open to have you hang out with them. And if you go to those places to seek community that is supposed to be found at the church, yeah, you're probably going to be drawn to where the community is because that's what we're created for. So that's what I think of whenever I see people that quit going to church whenever they're out of their parents' house, because I believe we're out of the age of just going to church because it's what we're supposed to do. I think, as I've talked about previously, we are now in the age of people asking why to everything. And if they don't get that answer, they're not going to stick around. Right. Yeah, I agree completely. This hypocrisy, I guess, if, if you yeah. sum it up in one word. Yes. Uh, and the lack of transparency, lack, lack of authenticity. I mean, all the things that I think you know, the younger generations more so than the older ones are, are searching and sc- and screaming for that they don't see in the church, which again goes back to previous stuff and I'm sure future topics as well. Yeah. And um, to not say everything about the older generation doing church in an un- unbiblical way, there were some really great teachings. Right. Like the teaching in the church that I grew up in, the, the stuff that I can think think back on, I don't have anything to argue against. Like the teaching was great. The teaching was straight from scripture, but the actions were not there. And I think what we need to see now is those two things equally mixed together is the true teaching of scripture mixed with what that actually looks like day to day. Well, it goes back to, you know, James in the new Testament, like, you know, again, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, basically says you haven't heard it until you do it. Exactly. Uh, we have, it seems like our, our American church model is, you know, built on hearing and hearing and hearing. And, you know, it's always about a teacher or a preacher or somebody, you know, doing a lecture type thing. But very rarely is there an opportunity to, to live that out yep. or to apply it and say, hey, here, here's what you do with this throughout the coming week. Yep. And which we've talked about here at our church a lot and, and trying to, you know, foster those things and create those opportunities. Which is crazy because when you look in Scripture and you see the way Jesus spoke to people, it was in a very practical way. Right. He would do something and then he would say, now you go and do likewise. Right. And, you know, you can't really question the fact that you're like, oh, this man just bent down, got on his hands and and knees, and, uh, and uh, he washed everyone's feet, which was the job of a servant. But the greatest did that. And then he looked dead at you and said, now you go do the same. You can't really question like, oh, so he wants me to memorize the words, go and wash people's feet. Like you can't take that and like translate it some other way other than, no, it's your job to serve people. It's your job to go show people that you're not better than them or you don't perceive yourself better than them, that you're willing to get your hands dirty. Right. Make disciples, right? Yes. (laughs) So – you watch me do it, now you go do it. Exactly. And also, something to think about, too, is that term disciple now only has like a spiritual context to it. But back in that time, it could literally mean anything. You could be a disciple of a carpenter, a disciple of a blacksmith. Like, it didn't necessarily mean 
a spiritual thing or a Christian thing as we have it currently. Like it just meant that you actually do what the teacher does. The, the person you are discipling under or the person that is discipling you, you actively do what they're doing. And yeah, I think you're completely right. We don't really see that in the church because we're not giving the opportunity. Right. Again, as I said, I'm, I'm not um, sharing these statistics and bringing up this topic to make it all doom and gloom. I, I just want people to see, and the church to see, and church leaders out there to see that we have a huge problem. And the problem is we're not making disciples. And if we're going to accomplish the Great Commission, if we're going to do what we've been left here to do, you know, if we're going to reach our world, if we're going to reach our community, then we got to change some things. For sure. I think for and encouragement for any any pastors or anybody who could be hearing this is if God has blessed you with 800 people, awesome. If God has blessed you with 20 people, awesome. Don't be concerned about trying to grow the church the way that you would grow a corporate entity or the way that you would grow other business structures, but be concerned about pouring into the people that God has blessed you with. And when you pour into those people, you will see the kind of growth that you're supposed to have, whether that is growth going from 20 people to 300 people, or if that is growth going from those 20 people that are in your church, going out and just spiritually wrecking the community, the community that you're a part of by actually doing the things that are taught in your church. Completely agree. Well, next time we'll get to uh, talking about some of the things we need to do to change this whole issue of not making disciples.